That's a tough guitar. I had a little toddler jump on the top of it one time. And it withstood it, so. Uh, I almost cried, though. <laughs> I think the only thing I got out of it, out of it was a, you see a little hairline crack on the top of it, but that was about it. So it's got its battle scars, like all of us. Like all of us. Amen. Uh, I have a few announcements to make this evening. And um, uh, next, next, uh, and then I forgot my phone at home. So uh, next Wednesday, uh, we will we will uh, have Brother Craig Marshall here, and he's coming. They're coming up for a, uh, they're coming up for some uh, a probate hearing uh, next week in Wagner. Having to do with uh, uh, Sister Karen's mother's estate, so they will be here, and uh, uh, they will be pulling in. Actually, uh, I think it's Monday evening, Tuesday. I can't remember. So one of those two evenings, they will be pulling into Vermillion, and so uh, and he he is is not. Uh, he doesn't have anything scheduled as far as revivals until the end of the month, so I asked him if he would consider ministering to us while he is here. So tentatively, Wednesday, Thursday, and Friday, and if they, if, if they decide to stay on through the weekend, then it'll be Saturday and Sunday. So, uh, that's next week. I can't remember the dates, but that's why... Uh, Wednesday. 11, 12, 13. Okay, 11, 12, 13. So, Lord, Lord willing, and of course, they're going to be going back and forth. They have uh, some, the, of course, the court and everything, and then they have some other business taken care of, but they, they will be, like, from here to Wagner. And, and I think they might, there's a possibility they might go out west to see my mom, but in the event that they do that, then you know, we will probably dismiss service for one night or however long it takes, but... So I just asked him, I said, if, if, since you're being heir, do you think you could uh, give us some time and minister the word? He said that uh, we, they could. And so uh, be in prayer about it. Uh, we need to take advantage of every opportunity we get that we can be uh, ministered to as far as the word of God is concerned. So next week. And then uh, the other, we will be scheduling um, another uh, taco sale for here. And then another sale for out west in Wagner. And as soon as we can figure out the days that we're going to do that, we'll announce it. And we'll have that announcement. There's going to be a billboard. A billboard. Yeah. Make it sound like a big uh, a pork board out in the hallway coming into the sanctuary. And, and it's going to have this cleaning schedule, which is ready. Uh, the cleaning schedule and then uh, any any announcements that we have coming up will be on that pork board. So... When you when you're coming into the sanctuary, you you will be able to see that. So you know you won't miss any kind of if you're not here for Bible study or anything. You and you come in, you can see it, and you'll catch everything. So catch all our uh, announcements and schedules and all that good stuff. So anyway, that's that's what's going to be happening here. And of course, we did not have uh, this week was our off week for men's group. And we will be having men's meeting this coming Monday evening. So be aware of that. And all the rest of the activities are pretty much set. So even a weekly schedule has, is 
remains the same. Good to see the chosen few. It's good to see the chosen few. Brother Joel Longford used to say this and he'd make a comment. He'd say, uh, many are cold, but a few are frozen. <laughs> Praise God. The, the frustrations of a pastor. He is speaking about the frustrations of a pastor. And, and of course, a pastor always tries, you know, to, to somehow, you know, motivate his, his people just to be faithful and uh, participate and attend and pray. Live for God, most of all. Live for God. Live for Him. Amen. And that's kind of a lot of the things that I guess go through our minds sometimes. And that was one of his famous sayings. Many are cold, but uh, many are, yeah, many are cold, but a few are frozen. Amen. And I hope we're the, the exact opposite of that. <coughs> I hope we're on fire. There's, there's so many things about that study in, in the book of Revelation. Of course, I, I gave a study several times on the seven churches. And to be able to understand it, I guess, to be able to get a really uh, a good understanding of it, because there's a lot of different teachings on it. People interpret it so many different ways. But uh, in, in trying to uh, basically... Uh, define them as church ages, which they're not. They're not church ages. They're, they're the condition of the church in the end times. Of course, that was uh, symbolized by what was going on with uh, those seven churches in Asia at that particular time. But it's really interesting when you take a look at those three churches and, and you put them in categories. There's only three categories you could put them in. So you divide those seven up churches up and they all fit in those three categories. And if you study what it is, how God uh, speaks to and deals with the different, uh, the different problems that each church has or the churches have, you know, if you, if you want to be honest with yourself and approach the scripture, it, there's, there's only one group that really... Uh, you know, the promises definitely go to as far as being able to to make the rapture. And that's those that are on fire. And then he promises what, what's going to happen with those that are lukewarm and those that are cold. Of course, certain things. Uh, the manner in which we walk is going to determine the manner of judgment that we are going to experience. The degree of judgment that's interesting, isn't it? Sobering. A lot of people don't like to... I remember uh, we were given this Bible study uh, of all places uh, 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 out to, uh, on the Rosewood Reservation. And of course, there were several other ministers there that weren't of our belief. And they all had their interpretation and what was going on. And of course, we weren't we weren't there given the Bible study. They were given the Bible study, but when they ask, 
anybody, do you have, do you have any input as far as, do you have any, any information that you can add to what we're, what we're studying tonight? And of course, Brother David Marshall and I were there, and so both of us spoke up. And what we have to share wasn't a whole lot, but just a little, but we took what they were, we, we took what they were teaching and we just went further with it. And it was just like everybody was just quiet. It was just like somebody slapped the life out of them or something, I don't know. And, and uh, but you know, the truth is the truth. And, 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 uh, but it's, uh, it's something when we can take a look at, you know, how God, amen, how God, when he, when he speaks to us in, in such a manner, how, how it's good for us to hear, <clears throat> not just hear, but it's good for us to do, to obey. And uh, I'm thankful for the work of the Holy Ghost in our lives. Without the Holy Ghost, we are nothing. Without the Holy Ghost, we're nothing. We can try all we can. Our efforts will be Funeral at best. And uh, thank God that we have the anointing. How many are glad you have the anointing? Yeah. Thank God we have the anointing. And when you have that anointing, it sure makes a difference in your walk. Yes, sir. And it makes a difference in, in, in the way your mind operates, what you think and how you meditate and your place in God. It makes a, a, a big difference, the difference between day and night. So I'm so thankful that we, we do. You know, we have... We have that um, tonight. Uh, tonight, uh, I want to get back. I'm not. I'm not going to do it tonight. But uh, there's just been some things that have been. I've been feeling in my spirit, so I'm just going to. I'm just going to uh, address, I guess, the burden I have. And if you would turn with me in your Bibles to the Book of Psalms 119, and I'll, I'll explain everything and. and um, but like I said, my my concern and my my goal, my aim, my vision is that we could all we could all retain. We can retain. Everybody say retain. Retain. Retain God's word. I'm going to do a play on words. We can all retain God's word so that we can maintain our life in him. And, and it takes more than just a quick glimpse into God's word. It takes more than just a glance. And here's the thing. We can't speed read. We can't speed read. We can't just brush over everything and expect to somehow gain some kind of understanding that doesn't work that way. In order for us to, to be able to retain God's word, we've got to study. We've got to study. We've got to dig in deep. We've got to take the time. And, and we have to let the word of God just you know, just move in us and, and, and so that, and ingest it, you know. And that's, that's what I feel. It, it does, it does actually, 
if you approach it in, in, in that manner and, and you retain it, you receive it, you, you, you ingest it, you know what it does? It does, it changes your life. It changes your life, it changes your thinking, it changes your actions, it changes the way you walk, it changes the way you talk, it even changes the way you look. That's how powerful the Word of God is. So, and, 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 and you know, uh, we, we could add uh, understanding to that when, when, when uh, Jesus or John the Baptist was talking about it. He said, when he was speaking to all those people that were coming to hear him preach about uh, the kingdom of God, he said, one thing he said, he said, bring therefore fruits that are meet for repentance. If your life is, if you if you desire to change your life around and you want to live for God, you want to seek God, bring the fruits that are meet for repentance. In other words, your actions need to prove that you are truly and you, you desire to seek God and change your, your life so your life can be changed. Bring those fruits so that those fruits, by what do you say? By their fruits ye shall know them. All you have to do is, you know, we're not looking for faults. Please don't, please don't misinterpret that. We're not looking for faults. We're just looking for fruits. Amen. Amen. If you're if you're an apple tree, what kind of fruit are you going to bear? And if you're an orange tree, what kind of orange are you going to bear? Oranges. So obviously, it's pretty simple, isn't it? So if, if we're trees, now here's the thing. If we're trees of righteousness, like he said in the scripture, if we're trees of righteousness, what kind of fruit should we be bearing? Righteousness. It's, it's just so simple. But but here's here's the part. It's it's uh thank God that we all can come to a setting like this where we can hear we can we can study we can be taught we can take what we're hearing and 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 we can you know of course we're going to search search it out that that is that uh responsibility is left up to you you're going to search it out in the scriptures aren't you you're going to search it out to see if these things are so and, and if, if the things that the ministry is teaching, Jesus said that uh, you will know of the doctrine or not. You will know of the doctrine. How will you know? If the things that I'm teaching, he said, you know what they'll do? They'll point you to God. Then you know of the doctrine that it is of God. If it points you to God, then you know. Praise God. So that's how, that's how we can basically discern or we can, we can come to a place of judging if judgment begins at the house of God, of course, we look at that and we say, oh, man, it's, it's a scary thing. But, of course, it, it means actually two things. You know, it comes to that place when the word of God comes, judgment comes. Guess what? We're, we're, we'll be able to make the right choices and, and to discern and do the right things. Huh? And that's the whole reason why teaching like this, you can do that. You can hear the Word of God. The Word of God is going to give you knowledge and wisdom and understanding. So you're going to go, oh, wow. I didn't know. I didn't know that. I didn't know I had to do this. 
Hallelujah. So anyway, Psalms 119 and uh, verses 80, 89, I better get there myself. 89, if you're there, 89 and 91, I think it is, I'm not sure. Forever, O Lord, thy word is settled in heaven. Thy faithfulness is unto all, thy faithfulness is unto all generations. Thou hast established the earth and it abideth. Now is everybody reading that? Amen. Pay close attention to what he's saying. He said, Thy faithfulness is unto all generations. Thou hast established, he has established the earth. And it abideth. They continue this day according to thine ordinances, for all are thy servants. Then he says, Unless thy law had been my delights, I should then have perished in mine affliction. This is interesting. Because here he's talking about, he's talking about, we look at that and somebody might say, uh, obviously, he, he's, he's kind of leaning toward creation a little bit. Which he is, isn't he? He's, he's leaning toward creation. He's talking about, uh, uh, he said, that forever, O Lord, thy word is settled in heaven. I'm glad his word is settled in heaven. Yeah. Thy faithfulness is unto all generations. Thou hast established the earth and it abideth. So, so we see that. We see that. And, and then he talks about, uh, they continue this day according to thine ordinances for all are thy servants. So, so he's talking about the works of creation. The works of creation. Woo. The world that we live in right now, all of you, Young people that are studying science, you get into science and you learn about science, and of course they'll teach you something different than what the Word of God says, you know. And all this is supposed to be an accident. It just happened. Boom. There it is. There's a lot of reasons why that's not true. Hopefully you'll, you'll learn some of them this evening. But there's a lot of reasons why that's not true. The Bible says, well, if, if you go there, if you if you can keep your finger here in, in Hebrews, or, uh, um, Psalms 119, but if you go there in Hebrews, and you probably know the scripture I'm going to, and, and, and you probably already know what I'm going to say, but I'll just read it anyway, and, and this is what it says. In, in Hebrews 11, verse number uh, 3, it says, Through faith we understand that the worlds were framed by the word of God. So that the things which are seen were not made of things which do appear. So the worlds were framed by the word of God. God put everything in its place. He put everything in its place. How did he do that? He spoke it. So you see that in Genesis, if you read you don't have to go there, but if you study in Genesis chapter 1, the expression, and God said. 
is used nine times when he created the heavens and the earth and all life. And God said. So all God did was he spoke and it came to being. His creative word. Everybody say creative word. His creative word. Oh man. Tell you what. I might throw a little bit of psychology on you. But uh, just, to, just to get you to understand what I'm talking about. As far as God's word is concerned. Because you know what. Who made us? God. And you know what the Bible says? He made us in his image. After his likeness. So we're created is in his image. Now, now, does anybody know the difference between us and the rest of creation, even all the animal life, okay? We know he created all the plants and all the herbs and all the trees and all the flowers and all this stuff and all, all the other living organisms and, and the, the animals, the fish of the sea, the birds of the air. All these different creatures he's created. But what's the one difference between them and, and mankind? You know what? We're the only creation that was created in his image. So we're, you know why the Bible says in, 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 first, in, in Genesis chapter 1, you know what the Bible says when he created man on the sixth day? You know, what, you know what he said? You know what his remark was? And it was very good. So in other words, God... God was pleased. Why? Because, hey, this, this special work of creation was, it was special. Because it was created in his image. So when we talk about the image of God, we're, we're talking about more than just a physical image. Of course, we're talking about all the things that are, that are we consist of as far as our emotions and our, and our feelings and, and everything that we feel in, in our body, in our mind, but even in our spirit. So, so that's the thing. Uh, here, here's the part. Here's the part. And, and this is the part I love the most. Because he created us in his image after his likeness. He created man and woman. You ever wonder why it is? Even though we might not believe in him. We might not even acknowledge him as God. You know, Humanity is chasing all kinds of gods. You know why? Because they're looking for the one that created them. There's an there's a empty spot in their soul. There's a big hole in their soul. So they're trying to fill that hole. They're trying to fill that gap. And that's why they're searching. They're searching for, for him. But you know what? If they, if they understand, hey, he created us in his image. After his likeness. So part of us is... Part of us is that yearning to want to find what it is that's missing in us. Ooh. How many of you have, have ever felt that way? Amen. I remember sitting there sometimes hungover. Of course, we, our parents, our parents said, gotta go to church. So we went to church. We sat there. It was a family thing, even though we didn't want to go. <laughs> we got to the age where rebellion started to kick in more. Huh? Yeah. Huh? Yeah. That old rebellious spirit wanted to resist God's will. But you know what? There was times I was sitting there on that pew, and I was wondering, there's got to be more. That's right. Yeah. That's right. Yeah. 
then what I'm hearing and what I'm feeling, there's got to be more. If God is real, there's got to be more. I never realized there was more. And, and my heart knew it. My mind knew it. I felt something. There was something that was something that was missing. A missing element in my being. You know why? Because guess what? We're made after in, in his likeness. So he left a little area in our being, in our soul, for himself. You ever wonder why it is when you get the Holy Ghost? When you get the Holy Ghost, it's just like that light goes off. Goes, boom! Yeah. yeah. And now it's just like that, that piece of the puzzle. That's right. Now you can see you go. Why it is? Here we are. When we don't have the Holy Ghost, we can't figure it out. We don't know it. We're strange from it. We're trying all we can to understand, to comprehend, but we can't. You know why? Because we don't have that element of His Spirit in us. Our spirits are dead because of sin. Huh? We're lost. We don't know. We're undone. Huh? We're confused. That's why we think a tree is our God. That's why we think we're descendants of monkeys. Hallelujah. I hope all you evolutionists are listening to this. All you people that believe in the Big Bang Theory, if this did not just happen, how could that just happen and the world have all the, the intellectual minds it has right now? It's not because of the Big Bang Theory. It's because God made us that way. I wish we could take our service to Slagle Hall. Man, I would love preaching this. Ooh. I'd love to see them respond. But you see, everything is a result of God's word. That's what I'm saying. His word. And did you know that his word is his law? There's even an established law of creation. There is an established law of creation. God spoke everything into existence. So guess what? The world even today is moving by God's word. You know why? Because here's the thing. It's evident that his word is still alive because look at creation. It's still moving. It's still rotating. It's still following its orbit. And as some as some scientists say, it's plunging, it's hurtling through space about 112,000 miles an hour. How, how is it that it can plunge through space that fast and it, can, it won't collide? There's no chaos. Why is it? Because of God's word. Forever, O oh Lord, thy word is settled in heaven. So he's keeping everything. Everything is in its place. Okay. I don't want to. I don't want to go too far now because I'm feeling the Holy Ghost. But I want to stay on what I, I want to present to you. I want to share with you. Uh, Psalms 33, 
verse number six, it says, by the word of the Lord were the heavens made. I'm just presenting you this so that you will know. By the word of the Lord were the heavens made and all the host of them by the breath of his mouth. Woo! Then you read in Psalms, in Psalms 19. It seems like we're going backwards here. Psalms 19, verses 1 through 3, it says, The heavens declare the glory of God. The heavens declare the glory of God, and the firmament showeth his handiwork. This is all the work of God. You can't deny that, can't you? Woo. I remember, I don't know if any of you have ever seen this, but uh, it was in the National Geographic, and this was years ago. I trying to remember the year. But I was sitting in, in, a, in a, I think it was Walmart, and, and I was, I think I was either waiting for my vehicle or I can't remember what I was doing. I think I pretty, pretty much I was waiting for my vehicle. And, and I always like to pick up magazines and, you know, read. There's a National Geographic sitting there. And it was, it was the, one of the articles was on the Hubble telescope. Anybody know what the Hubble telescope is? It's a telescope they have out and it's circulating or, or orbiting the, the Earth. And it takes pictures, and it, pictures, and they say millions of light years out takes pictures. Boom. Boom, boom. One of the pictures was really interesting because here was a picture of a great big blue eye way out in the middle of nowhere. Here was a perfect eye. The outline of the eye was down here, and then the eyeball was, and it was a blue eye with with, with, the, with the pupil in it, a darker pupil in the, in the center. And you know what the caption was? The eye of God. Uh, okay. So I said, here scientists are taking pictures and they, and they take a picture of what appears to be an eyeball, an eye looking at the camera, and why did they say the eye of God? Uh -huh. Obviously, there's something in their mind that they're saying, hey, huh? That's amazing. At least they're giving him credit. Even if it's, even if it's, one, if it's one of his eyes. So, so that was amazing to me. You could see it, and it was just so, so clear. And just, and, and, and you know, when you looked at it, it, it was an eye. And, and, and talk about a witness. You know, the first thing that came to my mind was the word of God. The heavens declare the glory of the Lord. And I thought about that. You know, he has not left mankind without a witness. This whole world is a witness to him. So when they see everything and behold everything, you cannot deny there is a God. Okay? It's there. It's set there. Here's the amazing thing. He left a witness even in creation. So if, if man wanted to ignore his word, there's no way they could ignore his creation. Either way, he's going to bear witness to himself that he's there. Well, you know how he's doing it? He's doing it through his word. Amen. He spoke, and there they were. Amen. Okay? There they were. Just hold on to your seats now. Hold on to your seats. So, so we see this. He said, day unto day uttereth speech. That's in Psalms 19, 1 to 3. Day unto day uttereth speech, and night unto night showeth knowledge. 
There is no speech nor language where their work is not heard. So, so we know that. Everything is there because of God's, God's word. Everything's there because of his spoken word, because of his creative word. Here's, here's another thing. Never realized this until years later. But did you realize everything that has to do with his creation, even here on this earth, everything that is set in place right now, even to this day, is as a result of his spoken word. Huh? Okay? Now get, now get a hold of it now. Get a hold of it. Even, even his dealing with his creation, with, with mankind. He put it in place. We're not aware of it. We're not aware of it. We live in it, but we're not aware of it. Huh? All right? I say that, uh, go with me to, to Acts chapter uh, 17. Okay. And you, and you read there in 17, in verse number 24, it says, God that made the world and all things therein. God made the world and all things therein. Seeing that he is Lord of heaven and earth, dwelleth not in temples made with hands, neither is worshipped with men's hands as though he needed anything, seeing, seeing he giveth to all life and breath and all things. Can you imagine how merciful and gracious this God is? Even his mercy that he extends even to those who refuse to acknowledge him. Wow. Even the atheists and the agnostics and all, all the sinners that are in this world, guess what? They're given life just because he is allow allowing them to have life. That's right. And they can't even acknowledge him. I like that, what I heard about Madame Marie O'Hare. Did anybody hear her story? Madame Marie O'Hare, does anybody know who she was? She was, uh, she was uh, actually uh, one of the, in, in the women's movement, she was one of the leading ones that was uh, an atheist and just denounced God and said, no, there's no such thing. But guess what happened when she got in a tight spot where her life was threatened? You know what the first thing she did? She called out to God, would you be merciful to me? Guess what? God was merciful to her. See, see, that's why I say there's that part of human nature that even though we want to uh, deny it, guess what? That part of us says, hey, there is a God. 
There is a God. So we see that. Okay, verse verse 24. Uh, Dwelleth not in temples made with hands, neither is worship with men's hands as though he needed anything. Seeing he giveth to all life and breath and all things, and hath made of one blood all nations of men for to dwell on all the face of the earth. Now listen to this. And hath determined the times before appointed and the bounds of their habitation the bounds of their habitation now here's the thing here's the thing somehow even though sin is abounds sin abounds in the world and, and sin is the transgression of the law. Isn't that what Paul said? Sin is the transgression of the law. Okay? Get that in your mind. Sin will take you beyond. Sin will lead you to break God's law. So sin is the transgression of the law. You'll go beyond the barrier that God has appointed for you morally. Huh? You'll go beyond that barrier. When you walk without God, when you walk without the knowledge of God, sin just has its heyday. Now, I want you to pay close attention to this now because this is important for you to understand. So he talks about, amen, that there are times, there are times, before were appointed and even the bounds of their habitation where they lived where they lived and even the boundaries of their habitation but it's more than just the physical areas the geographical areas that that we were subject to you know it's more than that it's the spiritual part of it too so, so in other words, God, it wasn't just mankind that God kept in check, okay? It wasn't just mankind that God kept in, in a certain place. Now, I'm saying that. I'm saying that because to a certain degree, when sin became just so overwhelming with some, they just went and they just, guess what? They went a lot further than, than they thought they would go. Look what happened to Sodom and Gomorrah. Huh? There was no, no reverence for God, no obedience to God, so sin just took them further than they can go. And, and the abomination of Sodom and Gomorrah. So what did God have to do? God had to pass judgment on them because of that abomination. Did you know we're living in a world that is doing the same thing that Sodom and Gomorrah did when they were here? We're living in a world that is just like that, the same mindset. They're just taking and they're trying to go as far, far as they can and push it as far as they can. And they're going beyond the bounds of their habitation. Here's, here's, a, here's the thing about that. You know, I get all riled up and I have to be careful 
I notice I in my in my growing and I'll say it growing older. I'm becoming a grumpy old man. I see things that you, you walk around, you see things, you, you drive around, you see things, and you just go, man, you just, I, you know, and that's just, I, you know, I, I know I'm supposed to have love, and I, and I try the best I can to let God's love abound in me. I guess, I guess I'm doing okay, because before I would just go up to that person, I would just go, hey, boom. So I guess I do have God's love, because I'm not doing that. But man, I would like to. Then Hogan goes, hey, babe, now, babe. Love your neighbor as yourself. Okay. But you know, here's the thing. Mankind knows. In the back of their mind, they know. They know. You know, they're, they're as rebellious and, you know, unholy and disrespectful and without the fear of God as they can be. But guess what? They know in the back of their mind. They know. Huh? And, and, and you think about that and I, I, I think about what the Apostle Paul, what the Apostle Paul said. And, and he, he's talking about mankind He's talking about mankind in general. He's not talking about his people. He's talking about the world. He's talking about sinners. And he mentioned the wrath of God. He said the wrath of God is revealed against from heaven against all ungodliness. Woo! Here, here's the thing. Here's the thing. You know, my, my spirit, my heart is just, I'm crushed because so many people don't realize how much they need God. But instead of them trying to draw closer to God, you know what they're doing? They're going the opposite direction. Even though they have a, a need for God, even though God can change their life for the better, guess what they're doing? They're going in the opposite direction. I fear for, for those that were God touched with the Holy Ghost. They felt how real he was, huh? They yeah. felt his love. Yes. Yeah. They, they felt his presence. They, they, and they experienced him. And you, you can't deny the power of God. But instead of them trying to draw closer, guess what? They're going the opposite direction. Yeah. And they're going there fast. Yeah. <laughs> Woo! This blows my mind, I guess. I don't know how to respond to that, whether I should get angry or whether I should pray harder for mercy, for grace. Because, you know, it's, it's something just to, you know, hallelujah, I'm a human being too, I guess. But you know what? I just, sometimes it blows my mind. How can people just walk away from God like that? I'm just... I guess venting, I guess, in a way. In, in a way, I hope it's respectful. <laughs> but, but amen. So he says, 
For the wrath of God is revealed from heaven against all ungodliness and unrighteousness of men. Now here's the, here's the part. Who hold the truth in unrighteousness. They know. Just like driving by down Dakota Street and I seen that flag up there and said, happy pride. Yeah. And then, and then what they posted on a little billboard. Jesus had two fathers and he turned out okay. I thought to myself, man, you need to read your Bible more. You need to read it. Read it in context. Don't, don't misinterpret it. Don't twist it to your own destruction. Man, I tell you what, you know, uh, I, I've been, uh, I engaged in some debates with other uh, organizations uh, and ministers before is because you know it's not because I was trying to go in there. Hey, uh, you want to debate? It's because they came to me and said, "Hey, brother, brother Pastor Marshall, we want to debate you on this sub topic." So I, I thought about it. So okay, I'll debate you. So I I uh, I took the challenge. I debated them. <laughs> Woo! Man, I had a good time. I'm not, I'm not saying that, you know, it's because when you get the opportunity to try to present the truth to somebody that doesn't have it. Amen. And man, I sure got people offended at me. So much that they began to call me names. They took it that personal. But you know, that's how I felt when I seen that sign. I was thinking, wow, I'd like to go in there and say, hey, get your Bible out. I'm going to teach you something. But, praise God, God will have his time. Yeah. He will have his time. But it says, who hold the truth in unrighteousness. That's, I'm reading out of Romans 8, uh, 8, Romans 1, verses 18 through 20. But because that which may be known of God is manifest in them. In other words, you know what? We know. Mankind knows. We have that you know, there's just that part of us that we know. For God hath showed it unto them. There's too many witnesses in this world for anybody to know that there is not a God. <laughs> it says, For the invisible things of Him from the creation of the world are clearly seen, being understood. By the things that are made, even his eternal power and Godhead, so that they are without excuse. Okay, so so we see that we. I'm just I'm just showing you. That was just something I threw in there. That was ad lib, but just to prove a point. Okay, so mankind does know. He does know. I was thinking about that and said, Lord, how is it? How is it then? Do we need to? Approach this. And, and a little thought came back, and I'm not saying it was the Lord, but here comes a little thought came back and says, Just remind them. Because they know. All of us are what I would consider, well, somebody did this. There's a few children, adolescents, and a few. Children here, infants, toddlers, whatever category you fit in. But all of us are adults in here, aren't we? 
we all, when I say that, we all know the difference between right and wrong, don't we? We've all come to that in, in our mind where we've developed that ability to know the difference between right and wrong. That's when you become an adult. When you can look at those things and you can know, hey, do I need to do this? If I do this, there's going to be consequences to it. So we've, we've developed, we've come to that place of maturity in our mind, in, in, in our body, where we've come to that place where we can, we know the difference. Okay? And that's how it is with, with, with all mankind. They know the difference. They know the difference. They understand the difference. I tend to think that every time you drive by here, <clears throat> and they see all these cars here. That's kind of a reminder. Man, those guys sure mean a lot. What's going on there? One of these times they're going to say, hey, let's just go check it out. Yeah. Yeah. Amen. Let's go check it out. There's got to be something to it. Huh? You know what? seen Dash Xavier walking in there. Really? For Dash to be there. Yeah. Yeah. And we're just simply reminding them. We're simply reminding them right here. Okay. I'm just, I, I'm kind of dancing around my main, my main point right now, but I just want you to understand, mm -hmm. okay? Because we're still talking about God's creative word, his law. We're still talking about that. Does anybody know what keeps everything intact in the world we live in? God? Yes, that's a good answer. But why is it that this world is, of course, we know it's his word, don't we? Mm -hmm. It's his word that he spoke, and, and there it is. And the, what does the Bible say? They remain unto this day. Mm -hmm. Everything's moving, <coughs> there's life, there's all kinds of activity. Everything is, you know, going through a cycle of life and evolving, all because of God's word, his law. Everything is just moving. I mean, there's so many things happening right now, we can't even comprehend. But God is, guess what? God is in control of all of it, isn't he? Yes. He's in control of all of it. He's allowing all of it to happen. And, and you know what? Guess what would happen if God's law was not in place? If his word wasn't in place, if his creative word wasn't in place, guess what would happen? Chaos. Chaos. No control. So that brings me to another point now. Since we... Since we know that now, if God's word wasn't here, if his creative word wasn't here, guess what would be? Chaos. Everything would just be out of control. Guess what? There would be no gravity. So because there would be no gravity, guess what? Everybody would be flying around all kinds of directions. That's right. Huh? The planets, the stars, everything, there would be probably collisions. Even earthquakes, because gravity just seems to hold everything in place. The law of attraction. It's a, it's an unseen force. What would happen if 
there was no gravity. As soon as we stepped out of this building and we stepped on that sidewalk and gravity just was lifted up from us, you know what happened? We go flying. We go flying. We go airborne. Like a lot of objects would. But because there's gravity, guess what? Our feet stayed to the ground. You ever notice that when we jump up? What happens? Do you keep going? No. No, guess what? You come back down. You know, what goes up must come down. The law of gravity. So here's the thing. That's science itself. God's word. What keeps us in place? What is what is important to us that it keeps us in place? Remember, he said he he, he before determined uh, their appointed times and the bounds of their habitation. God's word just kind of keeps us in that place where it keeps us in check. As far as his physical laws, yes, he's doing that. He's doing that, amen, to the world so that man can live in the world. That's how gracious a God we have. Even though a lot of men don't know him, he still allows him, them the liberty to live in this world. In him we live and move and have our being. That's what the Apostle Paul said. Yeah. But yet, here's the other part of it. When we finally make that connection with him, when we finally make that connection with him and we acknowledge him and we obey him, guess what? What does he do? What does he do when he fills us with his spirit? He makes us alive. He makes us alive. But the Bible says he puts his law in our inward part. That's right. So now, our lives individually will not be chaotic. Amen. We will be kept in place. Yes. Our feet will be kept on the ground, so to speak. Amen. Our life will have order and not chaos anymore. Glory, Lord. and Alva Hansborough and several others over and over and over again. It's just like I just heard portions of the scripture repeated over and over and over again. You've got to get this. You've got to get it. You've got to get it. I go, yes, sir. Yes, sir. Never realized what they meant. It's not, not that we just know it. Is that we live it. Yeah. 
Are you listening? Amen. It's that we live it. That doesn't just apply to me. It applies to all of you. Yeah. That we live it. Never realized how important that was. Our life has to have some kind of stability. It has to have that stability. It has to have gravity in it. In order for us to be free from chaos. We've got to have it. Because if we don't, guess what? Our lives are going to be chaotic. There are going to be certain things that are going to happen. We will not have control. Why? Because God's laws will be applied to that part of our life. If we refuse them. But. If we allow ourselves to come under submission to him and subjection to his word, his law, guess what? Your life is going to be kept intact. You understand what I'm saying? Amen. Regardless of what happens to you, regardless of temptation, regardless of trial, guess what? If you got the Holy Ghost in you, that word is going to keep you. Yep. It's going to maintain you. Amen. It's going to give you gravity. Never realize it. Of course, it's interpreted in, in such a way where, where it's talking about the minister and, and it's talking about uh, the, the qualifications of a minister. But and I was thinking about, you know, the, uh, the family. He's speaking about the family here and he talks about the family. And it's not, it doesn't just pertain to ministry. It pertains to everybody because we're all in the body of Christ, okay? So we can, we can say, if a man know not how to rule his own house, if he don't know how to rule his own house, how shall he take care of the church of God? Okay? But look what he says in the verse before that. One that ruleth well his own house. One that ruleth well his own house. That's the part that was always thrown at me. One that ruleth well his own house, having his children in subjection with all gravity. That's right. In other words, everything has to be in its place. There had to be a, a sense of, of God's control in our lives. Amen. Because if you don't have gravity, there's going to be chaos. Mm -hmm. So how is it that here we are, and you know what? I, I can understand the world. I'm almost done here. I went over my time. I'm over my time. I apologize for that. But in, in a sense, the world does not know. In a sense, the world does not have this knowledge, this instruction, this teaching. But the church does. We have it. So in a sense, why is it we can't take God's word? And, and because of, it's his creative word. It's the law of creation. And we, when it's applied in us, in our environment, in our world, by faith we understand that the worlds, worlds, plural, mm -hmm. were framed by the word of God. That means your world too. Yeah. yeah. Amen. That's why it's important for us to have that. I know growing up, my kids used to, I don't think they hated me. They were just frustrated with me. Dad, why do you have to be so strict? I didn't know I was strict. 
that's that's how we that's how human nature looks at it. Mm-hmm. You know why they say strict? Because they can't do what they want to do. That's right, exactly. Huh? That's why I said this is good. God's word is the ultimate psychology. Amen. It'll teach you how to think right, and it'll teach you how to behave right. Huh? And, and so, so we see that. We see that when, when those laws of creation, when those laws of creation, and they're still, as far as I know, they're still in effect. That's why this world exists. I remember, I'm done for tonight, but I remember, I remember talking to somebody that was kind of a, uh, they, they, they obviously believe in evolution. They said, hey, God, be careful because now we're sure tearing this world apart. I said, that's true. Mankind is. Tearing this world apart. He said, that's why global warming and all this stuff is happening. That's why it doesn't that's true, in a sense, but not all of it. He said, so we got to be careful. Like, what's going to happen? And, and, and he talked about the, 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 the North and South Poles, the axis of the Earth, off so many degrees now. I think it was like seven degrees or something like that from, you know, it being what they what they call true north or whatever it is. And it's, it, it tilted a little bit, but it was off its axis about so many degrees. It's going further and further off. That's why we're seeing all these things happen, the, the earthquakes and all this stuff happening. Why? Because because uh, 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 of gravity and all that's being thrown off. I said, well, I said, I'd rather believe the word of God. I said, the Bible says that he's going to, he's, he's keeping everything, he's preserving things, everything and keeping everything in store mm-hmm. right. until right. that great day. Yep. And he said, where does it say that? So I said, I told him it was. He said, I didn't know that. I said, yeah. So I said, I'm not worried. That's right. God's word is powerful. God's word is alive. God's word is what we have right now. So I'm thankful for that. Praise God. We'll stop there for this evening. Thank you very much. I went over your time. Apologize for that. But amen. We will have a rehearsal tomorrow night, 7 o'clock, to be advised. And probably use Friday. And of course, be aware, you know, like I said, Brother Craig will be coming next week. So, for the prayer of our service. So, amen. God bless. Lord bless you. And, you know, this is the Let's just do Oh, Chrissy has surgery. Okay. Let's keep Sister Chrissy in prayer. She's got her surgery. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus.